You're listening to Women Emerging Fearlessly, where women 40 and older discover how to find meaning and purpose in their lives, how to feel at home in their own skin, to love who they are, and to design a life that makes them happy. Here's your host, Janelle Anderson, CEO and founder of Emerging Life Coaching. All right, so when you're chasing your dreams and trying to create a life that you really, really love, if you're not healthy, if you don't have energy, if you don't feel good, it's really hard to do that. So today's topic is all about being healthy and taking care of yourself and how to do that and what are some great ideas around that. And I have a special guest with me today. His name is Vaughn Franklin. And yes, he's a man. <laughs> <laughs> I think that even though this is a podcast for women, we can definitely learn from men. And so I was really excited to meet Vaughn. Vaughn and I met at a networking event and we've been talking back and forth and have met over coffee. And he just has so much passion around being healthy and being strong and living your best life that when he asked if he could be on my podcast, I'm like, totally, yes, let's do this thing. (laughs) So... Vaughn is a certified precision nutrition coach and a CrossFit trainer. He's got over a decade of experience coaching and learning everything he can about health and wellness. He's the owner of an online health and nutrition coaching company called the Diabesity Coach, where he helps people develop healthy habits and behaviors so they can not just thrive, I mean, not just survive, but thrive at any age. So he's on a mission to reduce chronic diseases and simplify health by focusing on what's truly important and getting to the root of the causes. He's also a proud husband to his wife, Jessica, and a doggy daddy, too. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome to the podcast, Vaughn. We're so glad to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Janelle. It's a real pleasure and an honor, and I'm really excited for what we're going to talk about today. Me too. And I just love the passion that you have about building healthy habits. I know that's something I talk about a lot. And I have pursued that for probably it was my mid 50s when I got serious about it. I mean, I was kind of off and on throughout my life, but I would then get into unhealthy habits. And I just really struggled with back and forth, back and forth. And until I hit my mid 50s, when now you're young, this guy's young, ladies, but. (laughs) 40s, 50s, we start thinking about how fast our life is going by. And there comes this point where you wake up and think, wow, if I don't start doing something now, I'm going to age faster. And, mm-hmm. and I might end up you know, going down that road of having to take medicine for diabetes and high blood pressure and all that stuff. And then I won't be able to enjoy my life. And I saw mm-hmm. that and I saw my mom who dealt with diabetes and Mm-hmm. All, you know, heart issues and on all these medications and my husband also with the side effects. And, and I remember thinking, I don't want to go down that road. So I need to do something now. And the cool thing was that once I got serious about it and I learned all about, you know, how to create healthy habits, how to make it a lifestyle, then everything kind of, you, it's, never, it's not too late, you know, like you can turn it around even when you're older. Mm-hmm. So, um, I just love that you have a passion for that. So tell everybody, you know, what what really um, brought you into this line of work? Yeah. So going, I guess, way back for me, when I was about 16 years old, I was running track really consistently and I was doing really well in cross country. And 
nutrition wasn't anything that I had really cared about. My mom had always said, you know, you should eat your vegetables and like, you know, eat, eat good, clean food. And I was still drinking like Dr. Pepper and doing whatever I wanted. And then as an athlete, I saw that my performance wasn't as good as it could be. And I eventually also developed shin splints so badly that I was taking ibuprofen on an empty stomach. And I think that combination between the poor nutrition helped me develop IBS or irritable bowel syndrome when I was just about 16 years old. And through that experience, I ended up getting a colonoscopy as a 16-year-old, which is wow. usually something meant for 50-year-olds. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and none of the doctors could really give me any definitive help or like, here's exactly what to do. Um, so I just started learning about nutrition on my own and read tons of books. And um, my brother was going on a similar journey with Lyme's disease. So my mom also, she was a midwife. She really inspired us with taking a holistic approach to nutrition in our health. So that's really where it all stemmed from was when I was about 16 and um, I'm 28 now. Just so wow. you're aware. Yeah. So old. <laughs> yeah. In my lifelong experience. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's, um, that's really awesome that you started young and kudos to your mom. I mean, no, being a, a doula and now is, is popular and a big deal, but back then that was mm -hmm. not very common. I had a midwife when I had my daughter. But it wasn't like common. Yeah, she was a, a very um, important uh, woman in, in Virginia, at least, um, as far as pioneering midwifery. And she had a really awesome practice up in Northern Virginia before she ended up selling that. Wow, but, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So you're following in your mom's entrepreneurial footsteps as well that's as. That's right. Yeah, that's fantastic. I want to meet your mom someday. So. Yes, I think you'd get along very well. Yeah. <laughs> So what gets you really excited and jazzed up? <laughs> uh, talking about nutrition and health in general is always a fun topic to me. But really, it's when I hear somebody talking about how they've improved their lives using nutrition or they're just feeling more energy and they're more successful at work or, you know, in the relationships, things, everything in their lives seems to be improved. So if I hear success story and or especially somebody who's like a normal person who someone might even judge as like, nah, they couldn't do it, but they, they put in the work and they end up achieving something great. Like that's really inspiring to me. I love to see people persisting and doing things in the face of obstacles and challenges. And especially in spite of those challenges, you know, not, not saying like, hey, I have this challenge, I can't do it, but saying, hey, I have this challenge, but because of that challenge, like, I'm going to even, I'm going to try even harder and I'm going to try to achieve my goals. So, no, that yeah. Is, that is time. really cool. <laughs> well, right there. I mean, I don't know how many times I hear women saying, I just, I just feel like I can't do it, you know, and an obstacle comes up in, around health and wellness, but also just, you know, living their dreams and they're thinking, I can't do it, I'm too old, or I just haven't done anything for years, like a lot of stay-at-home moms, you know, in the empty nest. And they're like, I haven't done anything for years. I don't think I can do it. And there's, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Like if people can look at those obstacles and think, you know what, I'm going to figure out a way around it, a way through it, a way over it. I'm going to do what I need to do to make this thing happen. Mm -hmm. That is very inspiring for sure. And uh, I know you've done that. You've gone through some obstacles, haven't you? 
Yeah, a couple. <laughs> yeah. What would you say to, say, a, a woman that comes to you and she wants to be your client because she's got health issues or maybe she's got, maybe she's got diabetes or high blood pressure or IBS or, you know, she's just not feeling good and hasn't been successful as far as figuring out how to eat right, how to exercise, and she just feels like it's just too late. I've tried this and I've tried that and I can't overcome it. What would you say to her? Yeah, so that's a great question. The first thing that we would want to address is the uh, mindset around the disease. So a lot of times people will say, you know, I have diabetes as if that is a permanent thing. But what's really important is to reframe how we think about what we have. Instead of it being a part of who we are, it's just something that's we're struggling with instead. So I'm struggling with diabetes or I'm struggling with my weight. And so first is developing that growth mindset that we can change our situations. We don't have to be stuck where we're at. So that's the first thing. And then the second would be, what have you tried up to this point? Let's see if it was too restrictive and, and why did it fail pretty much? Let's, let's examine that and see, you know, was it too restrictive? Did it deprive you? Was it too rigid, too strict? Usually that's the case with most diets. Yes, um, I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go back to number one. And I, yeah. I love that. The whole mindset early on in my coaching business, when I first launched it, I did this little four-week group thing around mindset because I was on the journey myself and I determined, you know, I don't want to go on it. I don't want to just keep going on diets because mm -hmm. there's just something in that mindset that as soon as you go on a diet and you think, oh, I can't have that, so now I want it even more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I wanted to develop a, my lifestyle around healthy eating and I wanted to change my mindset. So I had been working on that and created this little group. And the name of it was like 30-day jumpstart to a healthy mindset or something. I forget now. But, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I love what you just said about creating a whole new reframe around how you talk about Mm -hmm. the health issues or struggles you're having because people, you're right. People are always saying I have, or my diabetes, my, this, my, they own it. Like it's, yeah, it's right. part of them. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're kind of conditioned to think that way, right? Mm -hmm. When you go to the doctor, that's kind of how they tell you. And they're like, okay, you have this and now you're going to have to be on all these medications and, my mom was like that, you know, I am a diabetic. I own this thing. How would you get people out of that? Because that's like a, a rut, you know, when you think about thought patterns, like they're stuck there. How would you start working with somebody to change that to a whole different way of thinking about it? <laughs> a whole new world? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so this is a really, really important topic. I mean, the best way to change our mindset is to tell ourselves or to catch ourselves every time we keep repeating that negative mindset. So if we can catch ourselves and then feel that difference in like, wait, I don't have diabetes. Like I'm just a human who happens to be struggling with diabetes. Then you can feel that like empowerment of taking back our lives and giving ourselves the power and saying, wait that's not a permanent thing. It can change. So I think it's just a matter of catching ourselves and the, the thoughts that we tell ourselves, you know, like 
our identities and beliefs too. You know, I'm an overweight person or I've never been successful. And it's instead of saying those things, it's changing that self-talk to positive self-talk. Like I can change. I will change. I'm going to change. And like knowing that it's not a permanent thing. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so important. And I hope all you ladies listening are catching this because it's huge how you talk to yourself Mm -hmm. and your body will respond to that. And if you begin to say, I'm struggling with this, but I am changing it. I like to make it present tense. I am, Mm -hmm. I am getting control over this or I am changing my health so that this condition goes away or however you want to put it. But that is much more empowering than feeling like a victim. Yes. To, yeah. So start with that. And I, and I think it's really important what Vaughn just said to catch yourself when you first think that way because your thoughts are, are patterned that way over time. Mm-hmm. And it's bringing that awareness in the moment like, oh, there's that thought again. I'm changing it to my new thought. So do you usually have your clients like create the new thought maybe write it out so they know what it is. So in that moment when the old thought comes, they're like, oh, wait, here's my new thought. I'm going to say it out loud. Yeah. I mean, if you can say it out loud, it's even better. You know, it reframes that and it makes it, you can feel it. You know, you can feel that it's like, I I just said that, you know, so now I'm going to start living that way. And yeah. acting that way. And when I go out to eat for, for lunch, I'm going to change how I, I eat now because, yeah, because I'm saying that. But I also yeah. recommend um, writing in a journal or a diary. And, you know, some people, I'm sure sure the ladies aren't, aren't in this crap, but a lot of the guys that I talk with, that's a kind of a weird thing for them to sit down and write in a journal or diary. Mm-hmm. And if you say journal, usually you get more compliance. A better, right? yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we are our own best coach, in my opinion. You know, we're our own worst critics too. So if we can use the power of our own talk, our our own thoughts, and channel that by writing it out in a notebook at night, like, hey, today, you know, I thought that, or I caught myself saying, I am a diabetic, or I am overweight. I caught myself in that mindset. And then I changed it. I think when we can write that out, as well at the end of the day and say, Hey, I caught myself and I changed that, but that's also helping to confirm and cement that too. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. And you touched on this earlier too, is this whole thing about identity, Mm -hmm. identifying yourself as an overweight person Mm -hmm. or a diabetic. It's Mm -hmm. our identity is crucial to our core selves, you know, how we see ourselves. And yeah. again, tied to that victim mentality or that overcomer, you know, mm-hmm. I, am, I am a human being on the planet who's struggling with this disease, but I am overcoming it and I am getting healthy. And, you know, to your second point about diets being too restrictive, let's dive into that a little bit. Even around like nutrition, the whole relationship we have with food, mm-hmm. you know, and then our, well, we could take talk forever about our food supply and how messed up it is, but mm-hmm. how important food is good, wholesome food that heal, we can heal our bodies with good nutrition, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about what you we were saying earlier about, you know, maybe the diet was too restrictive. Yeah. I mean, that's the craze right now, you know, is diets. And I think it's actually starting to turn the other way finally, 
where we're, we're realizing that, you know, if diets were successful, then why would we have such a, a billion dollar industry designed to, to help us lose weight? You know, so yeah, there's, there's always a new fad. There's always a new diet. Um, right now, keto is really popular. And the way that I think we should approach diets is all of us look at them and ask, why is this diet successful and what makes it work? What principles of good nutrition does it adhere to? Like for the most part, these diets, they'll probably help us reduce caloric intake to an extent. Right. Purely from changing the foods from less processed to, or uh, more processed to less processed. You know, so it's, it's looking at that and like increasing your vegetables and, and being more self-aware. So that's what most of these diets do. And that's why some of them are successful for the short term. But why they're not successful long term is usually because they have a list of like foods you're supposed to eat and then foods that you're not supposed to eat. And as long as you adhere to those lists, you should be good. Right. But in real life, that's just not how food is you know you have friends and you go to potlucks or you go to dinner with with um, your wife or with your husband you know and you want to enjoy yourself you know real life isn't tracking your macronutrients like your carbs fat fats proteins or calories too it's become way more complicated than it needs to be and it's not something that 100 year old centenarians in okinawa are doing that's <laughs> <laughs> true you know? But they're able to eat in a, in a manner that's allowed them to live a long and active life still. So yeah, it's really looking at the diets and saying, what caused it to fail? You know, did it align with who you are and your body? You know, and does it fit into your lifestyle? And usually, it was it too restrictive and, and depriving? You know, was it sustainable is the question that I always want to ask. Absolutely. How many people do you know, and I know too, and it's happened to me where you lose the weight and you gain it right back, or maybe mm -hmm. over time, over the next year, it's back again. You know, that's my question always is, how am I going to keep it off? I know that, that has kept me from going on diets because I'm like, oh, I tried that before and I lost the mm -hmm. weight and then I gained it back and I don't really want to <laughs> go through all that again. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Learning how to eat in a way and, and understanding nutrition and what it does to your body and then even just changing your taste buds in a way because you know mm -hmm. you begin to really like good healthy food once you eat it for a while and you get away from all the bad stuff mm -hmm. yeah that is so true being empowered to make those choices so when you're out at a party or a potluck you don't feel like you're deprived or you're oh i can't have that <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you want me to dive into a couple of strategies that people could use yeah absolutely so let's say that, you know, most of us have tried a lot of diets, they haven't worked. And we realize that yes, it was too restrictive and depriving and it wasn't sustainable. So what could we do then to eat well, right? So the first thing is to just slow down when we eat. Mm. The number one strategy is yep. to reduce caloric intake naturally by allowing our body to sense when it's full from when it's hungry. And when we slow down to eat, our body has time to actually process that. I guess it takes about 20 minutes for our, our gut to send signals to the brain to say, hey, we're full. So just slowing down allows us to eat a little bit less and to feel more satiated as well because we're actually tasting the food and we're enjoying it or savoring it. You know, so that's the first thing to do is just slow down when eating if possible. 
I read a book one time called The Slow Down Diet. Have you ever heard of Mark David? I've heard of the diet. I haven't read the book though. Well, it's really interesting. He makes that same point and he talks about how our mind gets to be engaged. If you think about like food or maybe you smell cookies baking or something, your mind is engaged and you start, your salivation starts. So when we eat mindlessly and we're just stuffing food in our face and we're not like slowing down and we're not like engaging our mind in it, then our mind later after we're done will say, hey, I haven't eaten. And you'll want to eat even though your stomach's full <laughs> because your mind is like, I don't remember eating. <laughs> right. But when you slow down and you really get engaged with the meal and you enjoy it and you savor it and you don't watch TV and all this other stuff, but just like really be present with your mm -hmm. meal. It mm -hmm. engages your mind. And then it, I've done this and it works like an hour or so later, I'm not being signaled that I need to go eat something because my mind's like, Oh yeah, I remember eating. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. And plus the slowing down, you know, like physiologically what that does for your whole body. Mm -hmm. Too many people just shovel food in their mouth. Yeah, we're in a, a scarcity culture of like not enough time, not enough food, not enough XYZ money, you know, and we're just rushing around like crazies, you know, forcing food down when we can and treating it like it's not an important aspect of our lives. But, you know, oh, if we were to take time for it, yeah, I mean, it, it's like prioritizing time. How often do we just not think about food as being or eating or meals? fueling our bodies, putting nourishment into us as not being important and mm -hmm. to think about. Yeah, it's just a chore, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know that's really powerful. So I'm glad you brought that out. And what's another strategy? So then the other strategy, just to talk about like, what foods should we eat, I guess. So instead of counting your, your macros or your, you know, carbs, fats, proteins, or tracking calories and all that, if you just think about very simply, you know, is this a real food? Is it in a more whole form versus being cut up and processed and, you know, pureed and all that, you know, whole foods and then um, just mostly plants and then not too much. So if we can adhere to that, real foods, whole foods, mostly plants, not too much. Like if we adhere to that, I know it's pretty easy to say, harder to do, but if we can adhere to that along with eating slowly, I mean, our health will be infinitely better for it. And I really do think we need to simplify nutrition and health. We're all focusing on these little like fads and gimmicks and shakes and pills and like special drinks, you know, all these different things. You know, if you drink apple cider vinegar, you lose weight, you know, and, and all these little things like that. And it's like, if we were to take a 30,000 foot view at our nutrition, we're going to look down and see, okay, out of what's most important, are we even adhering to that? What we need to do is start with that. And then on top of that, maybe add those little things. But we need to just start with eating mostly plants, you know, whole real foods and not too much. Wow, that's so yeah. simple. I love yeah, it. Trying to keep it simple. <laughs> yeah, it's so much easier than, oh, I hate the thought of counting calories and counting macros. Right. I don't like doing it. Who has time for that anyways? <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I love those strategies. It's very empowering and simple. And I will definitely use that with my clients who are trying to lose weight. Yes. Um, 
So tell us about your clients. Who do you usually work with? What do you do with them? I've actually worked with a lot of different ages. I have a a 13-year-old currently who I'm working with um, on his nutrition, and that's actually been a real blast. It's, It's a little bit different than my normal program, which I have, but we've been meeting in person and talking about strategies for him and just helping him understand food and uh, education around foods that he's empowered to make these decisions on his own instead of it just being mom and dad saying, don't eat that, you know? That's so important. I'm always telling my husband. (laughs) (laughs) Depending on me to tell you what to eat. You need to learn about it. You need to understand food. (laughs) You know that that quote, they say, um, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Yes. The same concept here is, so I work with a 13-year-old and up to 70 years, years old, But with all of my clients, what I'm trying to do is empower them through education and guidance and coaching to make good decisions for themselves. So like I could say just eat X, Y, Z, just like most diets and and that would be perfect, right? But that's just not real life, you know? So by empowering each person to make decisions for themselves, they're internally motivated to choose the right thing when they're in that crossroads of should I have it or should I have it or should I not have it? You know, so that that's really the key is like that self-empowerment. But yeah, going back to who I work with, um, my mom is 70 years old at the moment and she's like one of my best clients. She's amazing. She's an amazing woman in the first place. I mean, she's, I'm the seventh of eight kids. She's raised eight of us and had her own business and everything. And (laughs) I'm so impressed by her. (laughs) Yeah. She's, she's amazing. I can't wait for you guys to meet. But yeah, I have I have people who you wouldn't think would want to see someone called the diabetes coach because they don't look overweight, but they have um, habits that they want to fix or change or replace more so with a healthier habit or could be struggling with nutrition and need a, a better way of living and they just need that coaching and accountability. So I work with pretty much anyone from college up to seven years old, most of my clients are women, um, but I do have a couple of men in there who are doing it with their wives too, which I, I like love. <laughs> I think it's so awesome that they would be willing to do that with them and to see the, the couples working together is really special as well. So yeah, it's really not limited to many people. <laughs> it's anyone who wants to improve their habits and do it in a slower fashion than a quick fix diet and keep those results for the long term. That's awesome. So how would they get in touch with you? They can email me at my first and last name, Vaughn Franklin. It's V-A-U-G-H-N Franklin at thediabesitycoach.com. I know that's a little lengthy, but they can also find me at thediabesitycoach.com on my website or on Instagram and Facebook at thediabesitycoach too. Cool. I'll put all that in the show notes so they can easily just contact you. I don't know if I ever told you this, but I am one of eight children as well. Oh, yeah. You de- yeah. yeah, you've never told me that. <laughs> my mom had eight children. So I'm the third. Wow. I'm the first girl. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Isn't that cool? We have a lot in common. That's so yeah. cool. So that's, that just raises my level of uh, respect and, uh, <laughs> and curiosity about your mom because I know watching my mom have eight children was, was something mm-hmm. that was amazing. My mom was amazing. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think any woman that can raise eight children and just, you know, you being the seventh and having um, all the 
just, I don't know, you just have this passion about you and um, intelligence and you're a go-getter and you're doing what you want to do with your life. And so she didn't like, you know, you have more and more kids and kind of the young ones sometimes are like, oh, well, whatever, do whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Sounds like she was there present with all of you. Yes. Both my mom and dad, they did a great job of, of being there for us when they can, you know, even though they had their own businesses and things. And as I've gotten older, I've appreciated that more and more too. Yeah. And you will continue to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. uh, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Vaughn. This has been a great conversation, fascinating. And I know it'll, it will have a huge value for my listeners because many, many women are trying to figure this thing out. And I love how you simplified it. If any of you ladies want to uh, work with Vaughn, I would highly recommend him. I know for me, if I don't have somebody with me, uh, guiding me and like supporting me and being my accountability partner, not telling me what to do, but just being there to encourage me. And I know, okay, I'm going to be talking to my coach soon. And so have I been doing my, my action steps? I mean, that's just very powerful to have somebody with you on the journey. Mm-hmm. But this is a great program because you are being empowered to learn how to eat for yourself. You're not being told to eat a certain way. You are going to be empowered for life to be healthy. And that to me is top notch. I mean, I'm, I'm always talking about that. So also your program is online, right? They don't have to live locally. That is correct. Yeah, actually. So it is an online program and I can work with anyone anywhere in the world if they, uh, they want to get help. Good. Awesome. Well, thanks again for being here with us, Vaughn. And ladies, we will talk to you later. Thank you for listening to this episode of Women Emerging Fearlessly. If you're wondering how you can create the life that you truly want, check out our website at emerginglifecoaching.com or send me an email, janelle at emerginglifecoaching.com. I would love to hear from you. Until next time, emerge fearlessly as your authentic self and go out there and do what you really want.